Hi folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. A little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. Uh, you may have seen that part two of our Live at the Sugar Club with Owen and Roman from The Ditch is out now. Uh, the third part is out on patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack, he says cheekily. Well, we've got some news there. We will be back in the Sugar Club in September, and the pre-sale tickets link is in the podcast you're listening to right now. And if you are a member at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack, there's a discount code there for you. So check your inbox and grab the tickets before they go on full release. I just want to say thank you as well to everybody for the feedback to the CAMS podcast that we did. I know it was a difficult listen, but I do believe it was a very necessary conversation. And I want to say thanks everybody for the feedback. And finally, one more reminder, please join us. Click the link, it says patreon.com forward slash tortoise It's the easiest bit of activism you can do every month. It helps us keep the mics on and have conversations like the one you're about to listen to keep happening. I'm shutting up now. Enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Echo Chamber Podcast. My name is Tony Groves and today I am flying solo. The other fella's not in the best of form, but ah, look, he has ups and downs and genuinely, I think listeners like the break. I actually, you know, and if, if he's listening, people do prefer it when I'm just on my own. It's, um, you kind of take away from the insights, Martin. Uh, but uh, look, I hope you're back on your feet very soon. Anyway, enough, um, enough of the stupidity again. I am delighted to be joined on the podcast for the first time. I'm going to say by a recovering politician, but a, a, a member of Queen's University in Belfast and a member of the UCU, the Union in Queen's University, Belfast. But who is speaking today in a personal capacity? John Barry. And John, you have um, you have some stuff you want to get off your chest. So uh, but first of all, thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. No, thanks, Tony, for the invitation. Martin, get well soon. Uh, we, we'll, he'll, he'll be all right. You, can, you can't kill a bad thing, as they say. Um, <laughs> listen, there is... Listeners will be aware of the uh, these float floatels as they're being commonly told, not named, and um, and in the UK's in the UK's case, we've all been watching with horror. You know, um, as one of the pledges is stop small boats, and then bring in this um, thing, the the Bibby Stockholm, and um, put people in what are unsafe and unsanitary conditions. We've seen issues around fire certification. We've seen issues around health and safety. We've seen all of these things raised. It's an inhumane. What, uh, system, but we also know that what they like. To, sometimes they refer to that as a push factor um, to keep people from coming. But we'll just make their lives absolutely miserable. But John, you've um, come across. I'm going to say what is definitely to me a conflict of interest relating to Queen's University themselves and 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 some of the issues that it raises over the UK government, the Tory government's policies on these um, inhumane, hulking, um, floating prisons. Yeah, no, essentially what's happened is that uh, the university has outsourced, as most universities do, who organises the travel and so on for staff. And this has now gone to a company called CTM, Corporate Travel Management, a Brisbane, Australian-based company. And they've been just awarded, uh, I think it was in February, by the British government, a £1.6 billion contract to manage this inhumane uh, asylum uh, regime, the hostile environment, I think that Theresa May, when she was Home Secretary, promised, including the Bibby Stockholm and so on. So effectively, uh, many of us as members of staff are absolutely horrified when we found out about this yesterday, because it means that the university, uh, and therefore by implication, those of us who work for the university, are now indirectly legitimizing this company, CTM, profiting off the misery of people fleeing, um, you know, and seeking asylum, and thereby also indirectly 
legitimizing the, the UK government's barbaric uh, asylum policy. So we're calling on the university, well, certainly um, I'm proposing our union. We haven't come to the decision yet as a union, but certainly I want the university to end the contract with CTM and actually follow uh, an ethical investment fund called, I think it was called Super Future or something like that. It had $700,000 uh, invested in CTM. And it, when it found out that CTM was involved in the uh, detention um, housing policy, it has pulled out that, that investment. And I think the university, we need to hold ourselves to a similar high ethical standard. So this all came to light just in the last sort of 24 or 36 hours. Uh, and you have obviously been speaking to colleagues. Uh, you, you've all, you've made clear that you're speaking in a personal capacity and what you're calling on. Have you got any response so far internally from the university? No, not from the university, but from talking to colleagues. Um, they are absolutely livid, some of them. I mean, I feel personally ashamed to be a member of the university that is as commissioned services from this reprehensible uh, company. Mm. It's also complicated by the fact that uh, many of us, including myself, I do a lot of work on people who've been forced to migrate because of climate breakdown, but other colleagues do, uh, you know, gender, race, and yes. of asylum seeking and migration. And so the university is extremely, well, completely hypocritical. On the one hand, it's supporting research of staff like me and others who are working in this area of migration and the irregular and legal flows of people around the world. While at the same time, it's now commissioning uh, services from this company. I mean, the example I use, and it's one that I've, I've gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with the university with over the years, and, it's, and we still haven't come to a resolution, is that the university is committed to tackling the problem of climate breakdown, and yet it itself is invested in fossil fuels. So for me, there's the same hypocrisy, conflict of interest here. The university cannot coherently or credibly support those who are looking at human rights and the, the legal and cultural and political issues of migration and asylum seeking, while at the same time acting in this way by commissioning services from well, this company. Just to broaden that out, though, as well, you mentioned, okay, 1.6 billion is a massive amount of money that is being paid by the British government, the British state, to a company to outsource um Cruelty, let's be honest. And, and this company, uh, you said they're an Australian company, they have a background in working in, in these ways in Australia. And they don't have a good track record there. A quick Google search will show you they're not, uh, they, they haven't got a great track record there. But the cruelty is not a, uh, it's not a flaw, it's a feature. It's not a bug, it's a feature. You know, it, it's actually in the system. And, you know, someone like, so you're looking at this, you're researching climate migration. We know that uh, we've seen the summer that's gone on and, and how people, more people are going to be on the move. Uh, and how do, how do we reconcile that with, with actually then, um, uh, is this kind of, uh, is greenwashing the wrong word? Are we, are we, uh, are we, are we let corporate washing um, the outsourcing of, 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 uh, of people who are forced to migrate? Yeah, no, I, I think a hundred percent. And of course the, the loophole that's often used at the argument, oh, it's not illegal. Mm. So it, it's technically within the law. Now, I would disagree because one of the reasons this ethical uh, fund uh, is withdrawing its investment in CTM is that, and I agree with them, is that they claim 
quite correctly that this inhumane uh, asylum detention system is a breach of the UK's international obligations to treat people with dignity and respect and to, you know, uh, protect their, their human rights. And therefore, I think the same logic can be used by my university to withdraw um, the contract from this company. I mean, it's more than um, bizarre to think of the, what's happened recently, particularly in terms of asylum. I mean, you have a senior British um, MP, Lee Anderson, mm. who basically said, if asylum seekers don't like how they're being treated, they can fuck off back to France. Now, that was reprehensible in terms of that. It's not even a dog whistle. No. It's screaming racism. But then the Tory party backed him. Now, we as a university are going to be associated with that hostile environment because this company is now an inextricable part of the British state system that is presiding over this inhumane treatment of other human beings. And I just think it's it's unsustainable for the university to maintain this contract with this company. Well, well, put it to you this way. Um, one of the headlines that, 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 and if Queen's want to understand why you're so upset, one of the headlines about the current Tory government and their outbursts against migra- migra- migration and refugees led one writer to say even Thatcher's government were above the hateful, toxic rhetoric now favoured by by this government. And that is not untrue. Um on the, so obviously there's, there's a, you're going to have to sit and talk to your colleagues. Agree if you, the, as the UCU, what what steps need to be taken? Are you are you prepared to 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 put your neck out and 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 make demands of the university as 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 a, as a union? Oh well, as as someone who will call for it within the union. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm at the moment uh, drafting our response as a union to be agreed by uh, the committee and and the membership. And certainly my own thinking on this is that, A, the university should absolutely withdraw the contract um, uh, for the reasons I've outlined. It should initiate an investigation into the procurement process. Was there a due diligence done when this company was awarded the the contract? Um, And if there isn't any ethical screening going on, because, again, most members of staff, we don't know exactly the criteria used in terms of commissioning goods and services. But certainly a third demand would be to change Queen's procurement policy to ensure, yes, we're going for good value for public money. It has to be legal. But what about human rights compliance and the fact that we can create our own ethical standards about which companies we're going to deal with uh, or not? And of course, the good news for the university is we've got lots of clever people at the university can help them in terms of this particular issue around asylum and migration. So they're the three demands that I'm proposing our union backs. Withdraw the contract, investigate how they were, they were given the, uh, the contract, and then come up with new agreed uh, procurement policies. Yeah, and, they, and I, I would add, uh, make sure that they're transparent as well. You yes. know, um, I mean, I laugh about it now, but um, we were once pitched from uh, another uh, corporate podcast entity saying, would you guys come over and talk and we can dynamically insert ads? And we and I went, well, no, wouldn't take ads. And they said, well, what if we, you know, what if we gave you sort of a block list on what type of businesses could advertise? And I said, and I went, OK, so do they pay a living wage, recognize unions and uh, are, are a sustainable business? And they didn't have any answers. <laughs> 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 Isn't that funny? 
That's a really interesting phrase, dynamically insert ads. Is that like being a little bit pregnant? Yes, this is the... And I, I, the oh, look, I'm, look, we're ferociously independent. That's why we rely on the Patreon model. But it's, it means then, you know... I, I've listened to I've listened to other people that's like they're having a, a debate on something and then they go into a, a thing sponsored by KPMG when they're who have maybe just run an audit that has run a foul in some sort of organization. Anyway, we're digressing. I want to put something to you. These flow tells uh, the the idea has been uh, bandied about uh, this part of the in my part of the world, um, and it's been put and it's actually been looked at by I I. I just for transparency, John, you're a former Green Party um, uh, uh, councillor in so yeah. so so in 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 the north, but you're uh, so your your Green uh, compatriot. I'm going to say, Rodrigo Gorman's department is looking at these in in the south. I mean, surely that's not good Green policy. Oh, mother of God! I mean, um, I'm glad you mentioned the fact that the Green Party in the north, where I am, and I, I was a co-leader of the party here for many years. I was seven years a local councillor. We're much more eco-socialist, basically. So we are not the same type of Greens that we have in the Republic. And I think if Roderick is thinking of going down this path, uh, I mean, it's absolutely reprehensible. Which, which apparently he is since as recently as May. You know, there are there are reports as recently as May that, that, that they were looking at it. Um, how we've gotten from we're going to end direct provision to we're going to go down this road is... Uh, it's like the direct provision, what was going to be on the water. Uh, as opposed to on land. I mean, that's what, what's, you know, it's absolutely disgusting, to be honest with you, that we're going to follow the same inhumane policy that the British are doing. Uh, well, well, look, um, John, uh, just the last thing I suppose I want to ask you about, is the, how effective do you believe the union movement has been? Because in academia, we've seen several you know, strikes for for fair condition paying conditions. We've seen you know two tier uh, contract systems being yeah. challenged recently. We've seen, but there is still a lot of tenuous employment. There are people yeah. who who are constantly you know only ever a few months away from uh, losing their 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 role because it's a fixed term contract. And the amount of uh, lecturers I know who can't get a full year yeah. lease on an apartment because they can't get guarantee to work for that time how effective are, are, are what's it like in queens and how effective are the unions in fighting to to, to improve these things well I, I just kind of outline the kind of general issues that the strike action is on that I'll, I'll zone in on what's happened here at queens i mean people have the misapprehension that somehow life in the university in the academy is all like oxford or cambridge and we're all off at high table and be waited on hand and foot don't get me wrong we have high degrees of autonomy within our, our work which is not like other workers um that's certainly the case but i have colleagues who've been off uh mentally ill with stress because they've been on temporary rolling over permanent uh sorry uh, fixed term contracts for 10 years yeah where they can't start a family they've got no economic security they can't get a mortgage and it just is disgraceful the way in which the university system has become so thoroughly neoliberalized. It's become like a business. Therefore, you have the outsourcing of our travel arrangements to these private companies. We have these, you know, unsustainable in terms of the mental wellness of people. Uh, workloads for many of us were taken on more work. There's less staff being permanently hired. Uh, and there's also massive gender pay gaps as well within our, our profession. Here at Queen's, we have won a local victory, though. 
we have come to an interim agreement with management where we didn't get all we wanted on uh you know a cost of living or actually a cost of profiteering maybe call it what it is it's a cost of profiteering crisis cost so of greed call, uh, greedflation as, it, as it's called so mm. locally here because the university um was very um afraid quite rightly of what we were engaged in which was a marking and assessment boycott it's like the nuclear weapon mm. of uh, trade union activism for academics whereby students wouldn't be able to graduate or if they did graduate you wouldn't know what degree classification they had so we've come to an interim uh, arrangement here on pay it's not exactly what we wanted we've won more or less nationally on our pension because our pensions were being threatened with um, being stolen um, from us effectively and local issues around casualization, uh, you know, impermanent contracts, they are being worked at. So I think, although I'd have to go back and look at the figures, I think we've managed to get like 50 colleagues now onto permanent contracts here locally. So the reality is, you know, it's like that old statement from the great now deceased Bob Crow, the great trade union leader who said, uh, you know, if you fight, you may lose. Mm. But if you don't fight, you'll feckin' definitely lose. And And we've shown that when you do stand up, and fight uh we can win and what we've learned in this industrial dispute although it's probably the subject for a, a separate pod oh no i just want i think it's i think it's good we finished this because we're, we're listeners will be saying oh here's a here's a union head um is he is he really at it because there's a little bit of cynicism struck uh crept into the idea that especially in ireland in the republic of ireland or the i i, I don't like using that phrase it's one island but nonetheless we we kind of killed unions in partnership, you know. Um, Social uh, partnership did it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, and, you know, we're constantly looking for them to get a little bit more radical. And I had this out with Brendan Ogle myself a few weeks ago. And, and uh, I don't think I made any headway, you know. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So, so you, so you, you have a win. So, do you, so you think you can take that momentum into this as well? A hundred percent. But not, but not, but not only that. I mean, one of the things that, I'm hoping our um, industrial action has done, but it's increased solidarity as strike action always does amongst colleagues. And it's also given us that sense we have a win, we know what works. And what works, we know, is the reputational damage to the university, which is, you know, exactly on, 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 on the money, as it were, in terms of the issue we're, we're talking about. And so we now know that embarrassing the university publicly in the media and so on is quite powerful. We now know all, uh, at the same time that marking and assessment boycotts really, you know, uh, scares the death out of senior management. So, so thanks very much. Now we know that as well. So we're much better prepared and, and armed, if you like, because the, the dispute isn't over. This is only an interim arrangement we've come to. Mm. You know? And the reality is because management, although some colleagues don't like me using this term, but they know where I'm coming from. Management are not our friends, they're not our colleagues. They are out to do us and our families harm. And we need to understand that we are workers. And that's something, again, that people from the outside, and even people within the university system, often don't see themselves as workers. We are just, Yes, we have um, a different job. It's more intellectual. We do have some degrees of autonomy. But at the end of the day, you know, we do not own and control our own workplaces. We live in non-democratic arrangements like any other worker does. I wasn't asked about the procurement policy of the university. I'm not asked about the building that goes up that we don't need in, in the university. We do not have democratic ownership and control over our workplaces. So therefore, we're like any other worker. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, I think it's look. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll leave it there, John. I hope to talk to you again soon. And there's a lot we'd want. I'd like to explore with you. In, in the in the meantime, I think it's important that we focus really on what queens are going to do now because you're right in saying reputational damage. Absolutely, it, 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 it's already happening. This podcast is happening, and this will be reputationally damaging for queens because this coming out like this is messy. You know, you need to yep. be, if Queens were really um, honest, they'd be ahead of the game now coming out and saying, we're looking into this now already. They'd have it out before I have it out, but that's not the case. So, um, so thanks for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Um, keep on, keep on fighting. We said it the other day, you know, what was the, the, the phrase I used at the other day was, you know, the good, the, the good news is, is hope has been found. The bad news, she won't come back without a fight. So, <laughs> uh, we, so we have to keep fighting. Listen, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, I think we have another show coming your way on Sunday, but obviously this is more, pre- this is time sensitive. So it'll be out immediately. Talk to you all soon. Take care. Bye bye. Tony and Martin, Martin and Tony, speaking to interesting people only. It's the Subscribe now on Patreon.